Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan. Live from the G-Wagner Plumbing Studios, Sparky. Dan Plucker, other side of the glass, executive producer for this one. Rami Makloff comes up at 3 o'clock. The Rami Show from 3 until 6. Brewers and Padres tonight. Great pitching matchup. Blake Snell versus Brandon Woodruff. Tim Allen will be on after the last pitch. He'll make that switch to the Bella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Post-game show driven by Great Lakes Dragaway down in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Comes up tonight after Brewers and Padres. Obviously, we have Bucks and Heat tonight. We have Aaron Rodgers on Kenny Main. Uh, and then we have Brewers Padres. So lots and lots of stuff on the television set for you tonight to keep yourselves entertained. During the big show, I got an email from my guy Jimmy Shapiro over at uh, Bet Online, uh, and he sent over a bunch of odds. And Plucker, you get these same emails as I get too from Jimmy, I'm assuming. Uh, and I, I scrolled down to see odds to win the 2021 NBA championship as of right now. Number one on the odds to win the NBA championship is the Brooklyn Nets at two to one. Two to one. And as you look at what happened over the weekend, Nets take out the Celtics 104 uh, to 93 in that game. Nets got off to a slow start uh, in that game, but found their footing, uh, and then they took off. Durant had 32 and 12 in that game, uh, 29 points for Kyrie Irving, 21 points, eight assists, nine boards for James Harden in that game, and they win 104 uh, to 93. And as I stated earlier on the Wendy's Big Show, I, I just don't know uh, who's going to beat that team. I, I really don't. I, I'm I'm struggling to find that team that's going to take the Nets out four times in a series. Will they lose a game or two in a series? Yeah, probably. More than likely. It, it might happen. But to beat that team four times, who has enough to beat that team four times is really the question mark. And unfortunately, that's going to be the Bucks' second-round opponent. But here's here here is the next team on this list. The Los Angeles Lakers are four to one. You can call me a Lakers hater. You can call me whatever you want. I don't see them going to the NBA Finals, and I've been saying they're in the NBA Finals all year long. I said Nets Lakers stuck by it all year. Going into that Golden State game in the play-in tournament, I had my questions. After watching that game, then I was really off the bandwagon. And now, after seeing that Suns-Lakers game, I'm completely off the bandwagon of the Lakers going back to the NBA Finals. 
That does not look like a basketball team that is going to come out of this Western Conference. I I just don't see it. And and this first-round matchup against Phoenix is not going to be easy. And DeAndre Aiden, as good as he is, he's got to continue to give Anthony Davis some problems now. After that game, Anthony Davis talking about how, well, you know, I, I got to be more aggressive. I can't, you know, just kind of, you know, go fall into the background, which is per, pretty much what he did. And that was on him. But not only do you have to have him play well, but he's got to stay healthy. LeBron's got to stay healthy. And then they got to get something from that supporting cast. You remember back to the offseason? What are we all talking about? Man, after this offseason, Lakers are stronger and more talented now than they were last year when they won the title. The more talented roster. We all said that. Oh, Montrez Harrell, he's really going to help them out. Oh, Dennis Schroeder, oh boy. I've never been a Dennis Schroeder guy, but oh boy, here we go. Yeah, really never panned out at any point. At any point this season, did you look at the Los Angeles Lakers and go, yeah, I could see them getting on a run in the playoffs. They got all the pieces. Nope. I, I don't I don't think you can make that comment. I think you could make a better case of looking at the Bucks and saying at different points of the season, especially in the towards the end of the season where they got in a little bit of a run and going, yeah, I could see them getting hot and making a run. Sure. A couple pieces, guys off the bench, shoot the ball really well, maybe they make a run. Lakers, not there. Not there. And that number is seven to one. And I don't know if they're gonna get through the Sun series. And if Leroy was here, he'd be really not happy with me and laughing at me going, oh, please, it's the Suns. But I, I, I'm just, I'm not there on the Los Angeles Lakers representing the West in the NBA Finals. Am I overreacting, Plucker, to this Lakers team not being all that good? No, I don't think they're very good. I don't think they're that good either. And actually, I was talking to Leroy earlier about it. I said, you, I said you a little worried? And he actually said yes. He said, really? He's like, man, I don't think the Lakers are very healthy. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. That and he's like the Suns looked really good the other day yep. too. So he's and he's maybe not as confident as you think he is this, about his Lakers. This isn't the D'Antoni uh, Suns either. I mean, this team plays some defense. They'll get after you a little bit. And Monty Williams done a nice job in Phoenix with that team. Now again, having said that, Chris Paul gets hurt. They're done. Over. Right. They can't afford to lose Chris Paul. When Chris Paul went down, I thought he hurt his shoulder. I was like, if he's done, it's over for the Suns. Kiss him goodbye. But even if they get through this series, you know, Donovan Mitchell didn't play for Utah in game one and they lost, but Donovan Mitchell is back and being healthy again with Rudy Gobert and the rest of that Jazz team. That's not going to be an easy series uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers either as you continue to look here. Jazz uh, right now 7-1, to the Lakers 4-1, to and then there are the Milwaukee Bucks at 15-2 to along with the Philadelphia 76ers at 15-2. Now, the Philadelphia 76ers are a team which, to be honest with you, I looked at their first-round matchup against Washington and said, hey, hey, Wizards could give them some problems. This may not be all that easy for the Philadelphia 76ers. They're going to have to play well in order to get through Washington. And they did. They beat them 125-118. to 118. And in order to do it, they needed 37 points from Tobias Harris. 37 points they had to get from Tobias Harris in order to win that game. Ben Simmons got him six points. Six points. 15 assists, 15 rebounds. He did that other stuff. Can you count on Tobias Harris to get 37 every game in a series against the Wizards? I don't think you can. The Wizards, on the other hand, had 33 from Beal. They only had 16 from Westbrook. That's it. I think the Wizards could make the Sixers take this series all the way to the end. This could come down to a deciding game, final game of a series, a game seven between the Wizards and the 76ers before this is all said and done. I just don't think you can look at Tobias Harris, and I love me some Tobias Harris, as we all know. I don't think you can count on him to do that every night in this series. I don't. But I think you can count on Russell Westbrook to do more than 16 points more consistently in this series. And you know Bradley Beal's going to score. So you look at that series, I think Washington could give Philadelphia some problems. Now, the other team that's below them are the Clippers at 8-1. to one. Nobody has been talking about the Clippers coming into this thing. Nobody. And, and the Mavericks took care of them, I would say with relative ease, but 
Mavericks look like a better team to me than the L.A. Clippers do. And the L.A. Clippers, remember, are the team that moved on from Doc Rivers to go to Tyron Lue, who I wasn't a fan of to begin with. And now Tyron Lue has this Clippers team, and I would not be surprised in the least if the Mavericks take the Clippers out and send them packing. And after the first round of the playoffs, you might be in a situation where both L.A. teams are out. Could you imagine the commissioner of the NBA and what his response is going to be if both L.A. teams in the Western Conference are not in the playoffs after round one? Can you imagine, Silver, and how, I would imagine, frustrated and disappointed he would be if they're out? And God forbid... If Brooklyn got knocked out at some point too, and you ended up with, say, a Milwaukee-Utah NBA Finals. Now, who's going to watch? I don't know. Probably not a lot of people. I'll watch. You'll watch because we're Bucks fans. The people in Salt Lake City, they're going to watch. They're Jazz fans. Outside of that, nobody else. Biggest ratings you're going to get from the NBA Finals? Lakers? Nets. That's what the NBA wants. I can all but guarantee you of that. They do not want... Utah-Milwaukee. That is something they do not want. Not in the least bit. But right now, early early indications are Clippers, Lakers, both, I think, are in trouble in the first round of the playoffs. I do. And the Milwaukee Bucks, if they take care of business tonight and they beat the Miami Heat, I think they'll be okay. I don't view them as in trouble as I view the Lakers and the Clippers right now. I think those two teams are in bigger Bigger areas have bigger areas of concern uh, going into uh, their game twos than the Milwaukee Bucks do at this point. I do. I, I think that that is something uh, to watch. I, for one, uh, will be very, very excited if the Lakers get booted out of the playoffs. I will be very excited because I'm sick of seeing LeBron in the finals. I don't know about you, but I've had my fill. Just like I had my fill of Michael Jordan in the finals. Uh, back in the day, I had my fill of watching Shaq in the finals every year. When it's always the same people playing for the championship, to me, uh, it gets very, very boring. And Plucker brought this up in our pre-show meeting today, talking about, you know, is it good or bad for the NBA that you don't have that dominant team going into the playoffs this year? Like, you don't have the star-studded Golden State Warriors, necessarily. You have a star-studded Nets team, but nobody believes in them because they haven't done anything yet. But you don't have that dominant team. And my response to Plucker was, well, who in the world doesn't want parity? Parity is what everybody wants, I would think. But Plucker, to your point, you think there are some people that think this is bad for the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I remember back when the Warriors were the dominant team that they were. Nobody was watching anybody else other than the Warriors in the playoffs unless your team was in. Like, I was in college at the time and everybody was wearing... Steph Curry jerseys talking about how great this Warriors team was and just living and basking in the greatness of not only superstars playing together, but also incredible team talent. Like they played so well together as a team. Sure That's did. credit to the front office, the coaching staff, and the players on the basketball court themselves. We all knew that we were witnessing greatness when we saw those Warriors teams take the court. And and that's not the case this year, I don't think. I don't think that there is a team out there that is just absolutely can't miss basketball. I, I, to me, it's the Nets. But it's not to everybody else. Most people don't think that they could survive chemistry-wise. Most people don't think they've played together long enough to make them a lock. Most people think that maybe next year they would be that lock to win the whole thing after they've played together more to rank Kyrie and Harden. I've been on this since that Harden trade that said this the season's over. They're winning the NBA title. I haven't moved off of that belief. I'm still not moving off of that belief. Uh, maybe I move off of that belief once I see them play the Bucks. Because, to be honest with you, I don't think Philly has a chance against these guys, against the Nets. None. I think the team with the best chance to knock off the Nets right now um, in the East is the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I don't know if anybody else has enough to go at them. And... For the Bucs to knock off the Nets, they have to have really good games from Connaughton's, DiVincenzo's, and Forbes. One or two of those guys, pretty much every game, have to do something and, and hit shots when you get into the series against the Nets in the next round if you get that far and you take care of the Miami Heat uh, like most think they're going to. 
If and when you get to that point, the bench is going to have to play significantly better than they did in game one against the Heat. That that has to happen. Because if that does not happen, I just don't know if you're going to have enough to beat this team. Because, as we've talked about before, of, oh, well, we'll just run doubles at Durant. Okay, fine. But then it's Harden and Kyrie. Then what? You know, if you run doubles at Giannis and you're relying on Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday to beat you, that's different than relying on Kyrie and James Harden to beat you. With all due respect to those two guys for the Milwaukee Bucks, they're not the two guys for the Brooklyn Nets. They're not. All-star quality guys, yes. Hall of Fame guys, mm, I'm not so sure about that. All three guys are Hall of Fame guys for the Brooklyn Nets. It's at a whole different level. So, again, of everybody left here, I think the Nets are probably the closest to, as Plucker was talking about, that can't miss, you know, dynasty type team uh, in the Brooklyn Nets. And I'll take it a step farther. If they win that thing this year, they're probably going to win the next two years after this too, because they're all together for two more years after this. So you may see a three-year run providing, you know, Kyrie can keep his head in the game. You may see a three-year run with this Nets team of nobody being able to beat them because once they win one, you will see other guys, vets, free agents around the league that will then say, well, they won one without me. Imagine how the good they would be with me for one year to try and go win a ring. And now, at that point, now you're the Bucs. Now you're competing against a team that beat you in the playoffs, that went to the NBA Finals, that won the NBA Finals, and now they're recruiting one-and-done vets just like you are in Milwaukee. That's not advantageous for the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, that is not a position you want to be in trying to recruit free agents to come to Milwaukee versus Brooklyn after they beat you, if they beat you. I'm excited to see tonight's game. Bucks and Heat, game two tonight. We'll see if they can take a two games to none lead tonight. And we'll see if Chris Milton can play well again tonight. Coming up next, Brian Anderson, Bruce play-by-play guy uh, from uh, Bally Sports Wisconsin, of course, calling NBA playoff games for NBA on TNT. You can follow him on Twitter at BAndersonPXP. Joined us a little bit earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show, actually a lot earlier today, like over four hours ago. Uh, earlier today. If you missed it, we'll play for you next. And then Jarvis Brown, former Twins outfielder, is going to join me coming up at about 2.30. Talk about the state of baseball. Talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. Talk about the Tony La Russa craziness. As we know, Jarvis Brown is a fan of unwritten rules as well. So we'll get his take on all of that coming up here on Sparky's Midday Madness on The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness. See Sparky Pfeiffer with you. Sam Schmitz, executive producer of The Romney Show, comes walking out in a break. Got Bucks Lust, Sparky. Got Bucks Lust. That song is horrible. Horrible. And I listened to Rami's show on Friday. And sure enough, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He played that crappy song the whole show. Ugh. Horrible. Thank God the Willie Adamas trade came. Because that that distracted Rami from playing that song a little bit uh, during his show. Have you ever thought about becoming your own boss? Well, now's the time. Maybe it's time to join the Young Express team. We're talking about becoming... A successful transport of expedited freight from point A to point B. The beautiful thing about that is you drive for a living. It's your career. That's what you're going to do. Become a full-time independent contractor. Partner up with Young Express. And that way you can listen to Bart Winkler's show or the Wendy's Big Show or this show or Rami's show or post-game show after Brewers games and get paid for it. Because you're just driving the whole time listening to the radio. It's a beautiful thing. They have a 24-7 dispatch team that are extremely dedicated. Take it very personal. Keep drivers moving. Because if you're not moving, you're not making any money. With minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will provide you all the training necessary for to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. 99% no-touch freight. The freight's loaded and offloaded for you, so all you have to do is drive. They're looking for full-time independent contractors right now. Join the Young Express team. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express, success drives them. Now, earlier today, Brian Anderson from Valley Sports, Wisconsin, NBA on TNT joined us. We talked Brewers. We talked Bucks on the Wendy's Big Show. And we started off talking about a topic we did earlier, which is does Cruz Middleton deserve to finally get some more credit than he actually gets in the state of Wisconsin after hitting that big shot last night, uh, or bag shot on Saturday, I should say, against the Miami Heat to win game one of that series? No, I, I, think, you can, I think you can take that step. That is championship caliber stuff right there. The fact that, you know, Middleton's had a career of making big shots. I think back to the game, uh, game that I called in Boston one year 
when he hit a long three to tie it, force overtime. Um, so he's a great option at the end of games. He's just he's a tough cover, first of all, and and he's a good free throw shooter. So you know the good players and the good teams in playoff time they put a lot of pressure not only on their opponent but on the officials uh, because they they're willing to attack and so that that can work in a good bad scenario with the Bucks right now because Giannis is he trustworthy to make free throws that's one question but he can't be too shy to still drive and try to um, try to score so you've got three guys that can do that at any point um, late in game. You know, I, I mean, you have more than that, but you certainly have three you trust in Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. So I think that's part of the whole story with the Bucks that they're just much better. Their, their bench is better, and they have Drew Holiday. And so uh, I think they've, they've definitely got the pieces to make a championship run. Don't discount how talented the Heat are. I think um, people seem to, just because of their seating and what – you know, they, they, they didn't have a great regular season, but it, it's a really good team that plays exceptional team defense, especially in the playoffs, and that's why they made it to the finals last year. You know, Brian, if you look at the Bucks right now, and they are a different team than they were last year with Holiday, and, and I wasn't all concerned about that Middleton took that last shot. Listen, if I had to draw it up and we needed a jump shot – He'd probably be the guy that I, I would go to. Now, if I needed something to paint, maybe I'd dump it down to uh, Youngs. But I thought Middleton did a great job in that game. Yeah, and, you know, the, the what really shows up a lot late-game scenario playoff situations is usually the follow. So offensive rebounds, uh, follow putbacks, follow kickouts. Those, those plays, I mean, think about how the Heat won their – their last championship, you know, it was an offensive rebound against the Spurs and a kick out to Ray Allen. So that happens a lot. And so I think that's a really important part of it. Uh, the Bucks are a good offensive rebounding team. I mean, especially in those situations. So, um, I, like I said, I just, I think they have more to offer. I mean, they're not just giving the ball to Giannis and spreading it out and saying, let's just, let's just go. I thought if you watched the Phoenix game yesterday, uh, the Suns and the Lakers, the way Phoenix, so obviously Devin Booker is the go-to guy, and there was a lot of attention on him. He was getting trapped every time, getting doubles. But then the way they operated out of those double teams, bringing somebody to the, mig- uh, the middle, kind of the center of the wagon wheel, uh, and typically that was Jay Crowder, sometimes um, Mikhail Bridges, but that's basically what the Bucks do. And now they have the weapons to actually – deliver in those moments um, because they're you know Giannis is going to get doubled he's going to get fouled every team would rather see Giannis at the line late in game as opposed to trying to throw down a, a dunk and maybe an and one uh, so then that brings in Drew Holiday and that brings in Middleton and then you bring in all the follow opportunities with everybody else so those are the things to watch in the playoffs you know who those ancillary pieces are that are crashing the boards that are kicking it out that are making open threes um that's really good, is what going to determine whether the Bucks can make a run to the finals, which I believe they can this year. I think they're that good. Uh, Brian, Leroy Butler, uh, first of all, I want to thank you because when we first got this show, uh, you were one of our superior first platinum guests. So thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and, and you're I, still on the air, man. So I know, yeah. right? What do I, I win? That. We even got an award since we had you on, so thank you. <laughs> uh, I love I also want to say, uh, send a shout out to your family because we talked about that last time you were on. Now, I'm going to a different subject that kind of it's a trigger word for Gary's subject, but we're talking about all these no hitters, okay? And I understand they did something with the baseball. I get all that. Do you think the all the no hitters is good for baseball or it's just baseball? What's the big deal? Yeah, I think it's, um, I don't know. I think it's good for baseball. I think it's cyclical. You know, it's kind of the, this is turned into the year of the pitcher. There was yep. a famous year of the pitcher that in 1968 that people who know the game and, you know, the historians will reference that year. That was the year Bob Gibson had a 1.12 ERA. This mm. is the year they raised the mound, 1968. Denny McLean won 30 games in the American League, and it was a really tough Offensive year, 1968, they way overreacted, dropped the mound down, and then 69 was, uh, you know, a little bit better for the hitter. So baseball tends to overreact to what's happening on the field. I think 
what's happened with baseball right now is the pitchers are dominating like they've never dominated. There's more pitchers that throw harder. Um, they've kind of hit the ceiling as far as athleticism, uh, what they can do because they've been working at it. They've been trying to beat the offense. And so if you're a, if you break it down to individuals and they go in and say, how can I beat this guy? Um, you go into the track man or you go into, um, the Rapsodo machines and all these various, uh, things that happen now in baseball where, uh, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but basically it's high speed cameras. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of technology that is giving you instant feedback. So you don't have to go throw a hundred pitches in a bullpen. You can actually throw three or four, get the feedback, make an adjustment, three or four, get the feedback. Uh, golfers have been using this kind of technology for a long time. And now pitchers are using this technology. So I think they've just really ramped it up. And so every guy you have is having success. You're, they, they are shaping their pitches because they're mm-hmm. able to see what pitch shape looks like. And again, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but just give the pitchers credit and give the athletes credit for trying to be excellent. And even though it's kind of tilted in the pitcher's way, I don't think we need to overreact and start to do things like change the ball, lower the mound, back up the mound. I think hitters will catch up. It kind of works that way. It goes back and forth. And I think, um, I think it'll be just fine if you just leave it alone. Gary, that's okay with you? That, that's, yeah, I think it that's a good will assessment. come full circle. I've yeah. always said that. I mean, yeah. when we had the, the home runs, everybody was exactly. upset about all the home runs hitting. Now we got <laughs> yeah. no hitters. Now they're upset about no hitters. I mean, just these baseball people need to make up their mind what they want. Well, let me let me give you an exa- a real-life example here. So what baseball did a few years ago, they raised the strike zone. And the reason they raised the strike zone to the old-school letter of the law, meaning they would call – strikes under the letters you know it used to kind of be from you know the hips to the top of the knee and you would get a lot of low strikes but so what they did they wanted to generate more offense right and they thought well yeah raising the strike zone will probably generate more offense because there'll be higher pitches higher pitches mean more launch angle means more homers well they did not account for the fact that 75 percent of the pitchers throw 95 miles an hour or faster so i don't care who you are as a hitter not yet anyway i don't care who you are you're not hitting that pitch with launch angle a fastball at 97 up in the zone that's being called for a strike so now they're kind of like whoa i think we may have elevated the strike zone not getting the intended result that they got you know over the years when they've elevated strike zones because pitchers have changed so again analytics tell a great story and they 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 allow you to evaluate but you also have to credit the athlete you guys are professional athletes yes. you always change your game you always tweak how you not just physically but mentally as well mm-hmm. you tweaked how you operated so you could succeed and survive in the nfl and i think every league is like that every athlete's like that especially with the kind of money that these guys are making now so again i think it'll all kind of settle but if you keep changing the rules and keep tweaking things to try to deliver a certain result, it's never it's never going to work. Athletes always find the hole. It's on Brian Anderson, play-by-play guy, of course, for the Brewers, for Valley Sports Wisconsin, and, of course, NBA on TNT throughout the NBA playoffs. You'll hear Brian uh, making the great call like he always does. Uh, this Willie Adamas trade uh, that happened, I, I think, surprised a lot of Brewers fans. They didn't realize David Stearns had been working on this for a couple of months, as he uh, <laughs> later said, uh, because you just got Luis Urias, and, and now all of a sudden uh, he becomes a super utility guy, and Adamas plays, and right away offensively shows you something uh, yesterday, and then today you call up Keston here, so he'll be back up on the Major League roster. What did you make of that trade? Well, I was, it was refreshing. And for this reason, number one, there there aren't a lot of general managers over the years that have been able to pivot this fast. And that's, I give David Stearns a lot of credit. They, you know, they're very methodical in their approach. And if the approach is not working, then they'll make a pivot. And that's what they did. So as, as opposed to going back, you know, decades when general managers would make moves and then they want to make sure that these moves work out they would stick with a guy for a long long time i'm not even saying arias you know they're canceling him out i just think you got a chance to strike with a really good player who's been to the world series i covered adamas last year almost his entire postseason run um 
he's great. He's going to strike out a lot. Um, he's a really good fielder, a really good shortstop, um, and he's going to hit some bombs. And he's a huge personality, big, big personality, just a great clubhouse guy. You can already kind of see some of the effervescence that he has. Um, I thought he was a major piece to the Tampa Bay Rays making it to the World Series last year. Any team would love to have him. The Brewers sought an opportunity to get him. The Rays have two stud shortstops, two of them. They're going to have to decide which one they want to go with and probably trade the other for a lot. But they got two guys coming up in the minor leagues that every team wants a piece of. So it was a good trade for them because they get two pitchers that are big league ready, and that's really their need right now is their bullpen. And the Brewers need offense, and they need a shortstop. So now Arias can be a utility guy, and he'll be excellent. Takes a little pressure off him. So kudos, man. Good trade. Let's see if it works. If it doesn't, what we know about David Stearns and Matt Arnold is they're willing to pivot quickly to correct uh, opportunities that don't work out, let's just say. I mean, everybody's going to make mistakes in this in this game. The, there's no perfect scout. There's no perfect analytic you know, uh, development. There's no analytics uh, just like scouts' eyes, like real human beings watching other real human beings. Um, in the analytics world, it's a lot of numbers that are making decisions on human beings. Well, those are wrong too sometimes, and everybody can um, have bogeys and still recover out of it. So I think that's really the bottom line is that they're willing to pivot before June 1st and make a move, and it's already paid off. So I give them a lot of credit for that. There he is, Brian Anderson, Valley Sports, Wisconsin, NBA on TNT. You'll see him uh, throughout the NBA playoffs, calling playoff games for TNT. He is one of the most talented broadcasters that you're going to find walking the face of the earth. I promise you that much. That dude is so, so good. Coming up next, another talented person, former Minnesota Twins outfielder Jarvis Brown will join us. Coming up next, and looking forward to talking to him. Remember, he is one that believes in the unwritten rules. A lot of what we talked about in the past about unwritten rules, Jarvis Brown's on board. Is he on board with all the craziness that happened with Tony La Russa? And we'll see what his thoughts are about this struggling Brewers offense uh, at this point. And that's coming up next. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan Plus, the Brewers have made some roster moves. I'll tell you what those are, too. Straight ahead. Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan, brought to you by Jim Dandies, South 27th Street in Oak Creek. The Jim Dandies Concert Series starts coming up Saturday, June 5th with the Toys at 6.30. Oh, my. No cover and all shows are outside. Follow them on Facebook for the schedule. I told you before, Jim Dandies was under new ownership. I told you. And this just further proves it more that they're under new ownership. Having a concert series now at Jim Dandies, Featuring the toys coming up on Saturday, June 5th at 6.30. Things are changing at Jim Danny's outside of that food, which is remarkable. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is our guy, Jarvis Brown, former Minnesota Twins outfielder, now here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Thanks for coming on, Jarvis. Appreciate it. Man, thanks for having me, Sparky. All right, first things first. You're Mr. Uh, unwritten Rules guy, which I uh, I can appreciate. And this whole thing that happened with Tony La Russa, before we get into the uh, this situation with the Brewers and the lack of hitting and so forth, what did you make of him getting all upset at Mercedes uh, for taking a position player yard and then the Twins retaliating or trying to retaliate, throwing behind Mercedes, and then La Russa not defending his, his player for getting thrown behind and saying he understood what the Twins were doing and he didn't see a big deal about it. How did you view that as a former player? Well... Um, the unwritten rule is what it is. So, you know, basically you, you, if it's three Oh, you know, you let them throw a strike, you let them throw two strikes, but then if, you know, 47 comes down the middle and you hit it out of the ballpark, that's understood. So I get that because that is, that's an unwritten rule A three Oh, you, you're not supposed to swing at that pitch. Now as coaches should have, if they didn't already should have, reiterated to him that you're taking three Oh, or you're taking until three, two, or you're taking three, one or whatever it may be. But in that situation, you, you're not swinging at a three Oh pitch. So, you know, I, I played for Tom Kelly. So, you know, they're, they're cut from the same cloth. So, you know, your, your manager, you know, he's, a lot of managers will talk through the media. Tony Larusa is one of those guys, but I didn't think he would go as far as to 
give the other team permission to throw at him. I th- I I thought he really threw him under the bus. I can understand the cluelessness and 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 not knowing the unwritten rule or disobeying a sign or whatever it may be. But I think, you know, regardless of if he's trying to hit him in the butt or whatever, you never know what's going to happen when a fastball comes out of somebody's hands and there's anger, you know, behind it, he could have gotten hurt. But I don't think as your manager that you side with the other team. You acknowledge you made the mistake, you or your player made the mistake, but you don't give the other opportunity the green light to throw at your own player. Now, so. This this is this is where I'm at on this one, right? So I get the three zero, all that, all that stuff. I understand that, but for me, mm-hmm. as soon as a manager brings a position player out, that manager is saying white flag, we give up. Well, if you're going to throw the position player out there, then you clearly aren't too concerned about the score at that point. To me, at that point, then it's. It's on at that point. So if, if your guy comes in throwing 45 miles an hour and gets hammered, that that's that that's kind of part of it. If that was a regular pitcher, then maybe I get down with that a little bit more. Well, the, the thing is, in in those blowout situations, and and it doesn't happen often. It's always been it's it's been done in the minor leagues as well. If you know if it's a blowout situation, and you know you know you're not coming back, you're not going to risk any other pitchers. You're not going to waste those arms because that's not the only game you're playing in the season. You're trying to win tomorrow, right? Right. So you throw a position player out there. doesn't happen much, but but when it does, you know, you, you, you don't sit out there and constantly just bash and bash and bash. So it's not uncommon for a position player to be out there. So I kind of – I side with how things were going because that always happens in baseball. So putting in a position player, things are just totally out of whack because it happens, but it doesn't happen much. So I think because of, of what Tony La Russa did on how he escalated things, now all of a sudden there's more, there's, there's, there's more viewing of the putting a position player out there and you didn't care anyway. So who cares if he hit a, Three old pitch out of the ballpark. No, it's 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 more than that. Position players have had to get in those crazy games to finish out a game when it's just getting nuts like but that. But they shouldn't but have to though, Jarvis. Right? So why not then just create a rule? And I know you're probably gonna think this is goofy, and it's, I, I had this idea before. But why not okay. after seven innings, if it's ten runs or more, the opposing manager that's down has the option to say, "We're done. I'm not throwing position players. I don't want to waste my bullpen." We're done. Or the position, the opposing manager will be like, no, we're good. We'll finish this out. And you leave it up to the opposing. Because for me, I kind of some guy in there trying to throw a curveball or something and ruin his elbow and he's a third baseman or something. And then everybody's like, what are we doing? Why are we even putting these guys in this position to pitch in the to begin with? I, I see that. I actually, um, I'm actually okay with that. I, I think that, I don't think that's a bad idea to tell you the truth. I mean, you know, if it's or or you or you, I don't know. I I guess you can say or maybe play eight innings. I don't know. If well, whatever really it is, much, yeah, right, sure. But I but I'm okay. With, I'm okay with the ten run ten run rule. Because I'm again, okay as a that. fan, you've seen a bunch of runs scored either for your team or the opposition. If it's for your mm-hmm. team, you got your money worth of what you paid for your ticket. If it's for the opposition, mm-hmm. you're sick of getting your team watching your team get their brains beat in anyhow. So you probably right. just want to go home anyhow versus, you know, watching the last couple of innings of a position player trying to figure out how to throw a strike. I I don't know. All right, let's get back to let's get to the Brewers here quick. So this offense uh is obviously struggling mightily at this point. Now the Willie Adamas trade happens on Friday after this Trent Grisham Zach Davies trade has been a complete disaster. What now do you make of you know David Stearns and moving on so quickly from Urias, Brian Anderson was on earlier. We just played that interview that we had from earlier today on the big show. He gets some credit for recognizing maybe a mistake and moving on quickly. How do you view it? Well, you know, you, you, sometimes you think it's a knee-jerk reaction, but, you know, they have to they have to find some link that they can move to, to get better. Um, and, and I've just, you know, I've heard you, you know, that, 
Urias really hasn't been performing up to expectations. And being a major league shortstop, you know, if, if you look around the league, those guys are, are are pretty much studs. So I think that is that's it's a business, and from the outside, you don't see why it happens, and you think it's a knee jerk reaction, but it's always about winning yesterday, and, and and whatever you have to do to get better, you make those moves. So. Maybe that was the weakest link, and that's why they made that change. But it's a business. It it happens. They're the Brewers, they're they're kind of going backwards from from where they've been the last couple of years. So um, you have to shake things up. That's crazy because it's def- I don't know if it's the weakest link. There's a lot of weak links right now offensively on this team. <laughs> uh, looking yeah. at it, and you know that's that's the other part of it too, right? So as a as a as a player. When you see other guys, they make moves for other guys. Like Urias, he had good minor league numbers and had a cup of coffee in San Diego, really never got an extended shot. So, okay, here comes your extended shot in Milwaukee. Never really got it, and they're moving on. Uh, Keston Hira comes up his rookie year and gets called up, plays really well. Last year, pandemic comes, not as well. Start this year, not as well. Back down to AAA. He goes, he hits well in Nashville. They call him back up today. He'll probably be in the lineup uh, tonight against the Padres. But again, another guy who, minor league numbers, really good. And for me, more times than not, for hitters, more than maybe pitchers, where maybe you have, you know, oh, he's a 4A pitcher or, or he's a 4A hitter, they like to say. More times than not, though, if you hit all the at every level of the minors all the way through, normally you can still hit at the major league level. Uh, more times than not, put it that way. Not all the time, right. but more times than right. not. Right, right, right. Um, it, it, it's just, it's just one of those things. I mean, it's, it's about getting used to playing every day. Um, there's a lot of information that that's out there that that other teams know about you, and and there's that extra pressure. Now I'm, I'm, I'm playing every day, and you start to press, and you start doing things like that, and and. You know, those conversations that may have been had with uh, Keston is, you know, go down there, get some at-bats, we'll get you back up here, go work on your strike zone, work on this that you can't work on here because, like I said, we have to win yesterday. The expectations were for for you to come in and to be that guy, and you're not. So we have to make this move, but – it's not permanent. We just need you to go out and do this. We need you to go down and work on that, and then you'll come back. So it's it's hard, man. I, I mean, you know, speaking from for me, I, I hit you know well in the minor leagues, and definitely was you can pretty much say a horse crap major league hitter. But it's not it, very nice. It's hard. You're talking and, about yourself. Well, you know, Be nicer than that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I would say you know I put the ball in play, put it that way. But you know, just seeing things, it's 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 hard at that level, and you have all those expectations expectations and things like that the pressure got to him but I think he'll be a a better hitter once he comes up because there's a lot of maturity that can happen being sent down and coming back up and uh, it it makes a difference in a player's head when he gets that second chance now all of a sudden things are you're acclimated a little bit more you have a better handle of, of what you went down there to work on Plus, you went down, and and you know that it wasn't really a demotion. If you have it in your head that you belong in the major leagues, when you go down to work on things, and he's a young guy, he's not going to go down and get down on himself. He's going to go down there and 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 take the heart that message he had with uh, with Craig, and and he'll come back a better player. And I think that's what's going to happen because more times than not a hitter like that who's hitting the minor leagues and comes back up to the big leagues and then has to go down and go through those type of changes, he makes his adjustments and he's going to come back a better player. See, and that that's the thing that sometimes I think people don't understand is when you go down in the minor leagues, you know, it's like, oh, man, it's a demotion, whatever else. But sometimes just being able to clear your head, get in yeah. a different environment can kind of really be the thing that some guys need. It's, and it's always eye-opening, regardless of you sitting in there with your manager and he says, hey, we need you to go down and work on things. He might not have even expected it. When he broke with the team, he probably figures that, hey, I, I'm I'm going to be here for the, long, the rest of the season right. and be a productive player on the team, and then things go the other way. The business part of it tells you that 
this may happen, you know, and when it, when it, when it does, it's eye opening, regardless of that conversation where Craig Council said, just go down and work on this. You'll be right back. You're still going to the minor leagues when you're used to being in the big leagues. And it's totally different. Although AAA and in the big leagues, yeah, it's great. You're still in AAA, but it's not like the big leagues. So he's probably went down and, and had some, some soul searching and things like that and thought about um, being in Milwaukee and, you know, traveling charter and everything like that. It is a lot better in AAA, although this is good. It It isn't where I want to be. So you get up every morning, you go to the ballpark, you do what you have to do, and your mindset is getting the heck out of there. So I think he'll he'll come back and hopefully he's made his adjustments. He'll continue to make those adjustments, and uh, he'll be a better player. How much of this goes on a hitting coach in your mind? I think it's 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 a guy that that you have to ask questions to. You have to ask him can you know can you look at this for me? You have to have those conversations in early batting practice. This has to stuff to, these relationships you have to create throughout um, spring training as a minor leaguer. So there's a lot that that goes into it. Do these hitters nowadays? rely on a hitting coach like when I played you relied on a hitting coach or or who that hitting coach should be I I don't I don't know I mean I've heard some interviews with players on other teams and and they don't think they really need a hitting coach for that point but uh, I'm not going to even say the location of the team that's fine you know this hitting coach this hitting coach is has was it was a teammate of mine so I'm 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 probably sure you know answering the question there but anyway i think they are i mean you have to you have to ask that guy question because he's your hitting coach he's that's what he's there to do he's there to watch you so um i think they matter it's just a matter of are these players how much are they actually relying on their hitting coaches to help them with hitting now than it was back when i played he is Jarvis Brown, former Minnesota Twins outfielder, joining us here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Always appreciate it, Jarvis. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, Sparky. You bet you. Take care. There he is, Jarvis Brown, the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Apply for a home renovation loan. As you're feeling anxious, just breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Rami Makhlouf is in the building. We will talk to him coming up next and tell you about these Brewers roster moves that were made uh, today. That's straight ahead. Here on Sparky's Midday Madness, three players involved. Stay tuned. Sparky's Midday Madness, live from the G. Wagner Blooming Studios, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Dan Plucker doing a fine job, an executive producer on the big show today and on Sparky's Midday Madness. The person over here slamming sheets of paper uh, is Ronnie Macklaw. Hot show, hot off the presses, Spark, right here in these hands, right here. That's what you hear. Hot show today. This is whole lot. Kasten Hira, recall from AAA Nashville. He'll be uh, hopefully in the lineup for the Brewers tonight. Alex Bettinger, who was here once, sucked. They sent him back down to AAA Nashville, pitched well. We had on the Nashville Sounds play-by-play guy on Friday, and he said, ah, he'll be better when he comes back up. No, still sucked. So now he's back down to AAA Nashville. Jace Peterson, uh, reinstated from the 10-day injured list. He'd been down at Nashville. He's now been designated for assignment. Uh, So there you go. That is the update on your Milwaukee Brewers. Hopefully, Keston here's bat stays hot against the Padres tonight, uh, and we'll see what happens uh, going from there. Uh, all right, so what's coming up on the Rami show today, Rami Maclaw? Jam-packed show. I got thoughts about game one of Bucks Heat. Look ahead to game two of Bucks Heat. So I didn't like I really didn't like something I saw in game one of that of that series, Sparky. And it was one of the things I said I was concerned about to start the series and and it played itself out. The fact that they don't defend threes? No. No, that that would be one thing. No, I've gotten sort of used to that. I need Giannis to be the best the best player in the series, man. I need Giannis to be the best player in the series, and I, I can't have him doing what he did from the free throw line. That's very concerning. You might be able to beat the Heat. I'm telling you right now, if they actually are going to blow the whistle, because they didn't blow it for, what, almost four quarters of that game, if they're going to keep time on him legitimately, he's in trouble. He's in trouble. Because he's over 10 seconds 
every time. Yeah, I saw Eric name every tweet time. That. I saw Eric name tweet yes. that because he first tweeted out the quote from Bud when he was asked if he got any clarification right. like, on the 10 second rule. People were like, "Why do you need clarification on a 10 right. second rule? You count to 10. It seems pretty simple." Yeah. But they haven't been calling it. They, nope. They've he's been he's been taking 11, 11 if and a half. If they're gonna seconds. call it now, he's screwed. Yeah, he's screwed. Yeah, but how, how can you start calling it now? I don't know. It, I mean, Why didn't you call it the whole game? Exactly. And I don't. I don't. And I always. I never know which side to take on that. Like when you're calling the rule right, finally, I guess I can't complain that you're calling the rule right. But you why haven't call you been it calling at the it right? End of a playoff game. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Kind so, of like LeBron being able to play even though he shouldn't have been playing. So I, I saw some things I like. Also ridiculous. Didn't like in game one as far as what it means for the rest of the series. I know you don't like conspiracy playoff. theories, but that should be addressed. I got that Bucks lust. Uh, Bruce Gradkowski ignoring me. is going to. I'm sorry, I didn't even hear. What, what was uh, your conspiracy theory? I'm no. all jacked up about this show today what was your conspiracy no, theory you, you heard that me. again you heard me no i didn't i really didn't say it again this whole lebron james being able to play even though every other person you know would what? be suspended for it i'm glad you brought this even up. Leroy butler couldn't believe that he was allowed to play nobody i've talked to that's a lakers fan they all shake their head and like well that's the nba i mean that that is the nba there is no I think any, reason. I think any league would have done that. He should be allowed to play. I'm not saying he didn't get some special treatment. I'm saying. Oh, any, you're damn any, right. He any, did. Any league would if have done that. If that's Jeff Teague, he's not yeah, playing. Not any, but any any of the professional sports leagues would have done that. That's a money move. You don't want your biggest star sidelined for the playoffs. He's going to be sidelined after the first round anyhow. Well, what does yeah, it matter? probably, but they can't stop that. Oh. I, know, I know you got conspiracy theories Oh, they theories might be able to now. Yeah, I know. Let's I just know. see. I know. Let's just see but what I, happens I, at the end of the at the end of each of these games if they're close. We'll see. I don't think that they'll, we'll be, I don't think that they'll be able to or attempt to stop Mark LeBron from getting that. eliminated. But I, when he says they can't stop him, we'll see. Shame on LeBron. Shame on him, but he knew what he was doing, yep. and he knew the spot he was putting the league in, and he was being a hypocrite. You know, I was out, but, with, but, I was out with Greg Smith today doing a podcast uh, this morning before the show, uh, and Greg Smith covers Nebraska recruiting. He does a show of talking? on ESPN in Nebraska, and we did like a half-hour podcast, and he'll tweet it out at some point here. But he's a big Lakers fan, and he made the point to me on this podcast about LeBron James and how he's changed. And I hadn't really thought about it. He goes, but if you go back to like his heat days and definitely the second run for Cleveland— he would just get off of social media, like, zero dark 30. Like, I'm not talking to anybody. Focus has to be on <laughs> the postseason. Zero dark 30. Remember? Yeah. Focus used to be on the postseason. He, yeah. goes, he goes from that to this. Like, where really is his focus right now as a player? Is he still focused? And then he goes, they weren't even hustling back on defense half that game. And then just a little while ago, he tweeted me a video, and sure enough, they're walking back, and they get beat for an easy transition layup on the other side because they were all walking back in a daze. And as he pointed out to me, he said, you know, a lot of these guys have never even been in a championship NBA Finals before. Mm -hmm. Like Harrell and Schroeder and these guys, they don't know. So now your leader's out there doing a tequila spot as you're getting ready for the postseason. Like, oh, must not be that big of a deal. Obviously, we're going to win, so no need to worry. He'll carry us. Yeah, I mean, And then you lose game one of this series. Are you serious now or – this is what I like too. Anthony Davis takes the heat. LeBron didn't do jack crap in that game. No. Where was right. LeBron taking the blame? LeBron didn't say anything about it. He's like, I appreciate Anthony Davis taking some of the heat for this. Did you did you say anything? Did you say anything about how I wasn't that good either? I mean, you're on the radio right now saying Giannis needs to be the best player in the series. Yeah. That dude wasn't the best player in that game. No, he wasn't. And he has and to he be. And he say anything. And he, to, and he has to be. And when he's not, Anthony Davis needs to be. On, on LeBron's rare off Get night. out of here. On, Lebr on LeBron's rare off night, when you have two top ten players in this league. And that team, they both got to be on because yeah. they don't got the surrounding cast that we all thought they had. Yep, but when, when both of them are off. That's, that's a wrap. That's, that's yeah, right. Cancel Christmas. Kiss the baby. Sorry, got off on a hold up for me. No, I'm glad. I like it. Go I'm, ahead. I'm glad. I think LeBron is going. Down. I think. I think the Lakers go down. I, I think, think the so. Lakers go down to the Suns in this series. I uh, do. DeAndre Aiden has to play well. If he plays well inside and contains Davis, I think they'll have a good chance of winning. But you really think? Let's, let's say that's Tom Brady. Right before the playoffs, you think they're you think they're going to make Tom Brady sit out for COVID protocol? Dude, he suspended Tom Brady for four games. I'm just saying, not right, but not, the first, you the first probably were one of them, including that didn't think he should have been suspended. The first four games of the season, for I, I did care. think I did think he should be suspended. It's the, the playoffs, play game, man. He got blasted. Adele got blasted for that for suspending him. Yeah, but the, I, I don't think Adele. I don't think, cares. I don't think Adele would do that in the playoffs. I don't think I don't think Rob Manfred does that to a guy in in the postseason. Not if if it's something. If well, it, Rob Manfred's a wild card. I have no idea what that. 
do the, things. And and Stephen A. Smith was going off about this on on first take this morning, and a league executive texted him during the break about what he was getting wrong. And and one of the points that he made, which which I guess is a fair one, was the that, league is looking for technicalities to get them out of suspending. Yes, him. absolutely. I don't want to absolutely. hear from you because that same technicality would not have been pointed out for any other dang normal player in this league. Could Giannis have maybe gotten away with it? Maybe. Yeah. Multi-MVP. No, Giannis definitely gets away yeah, with it. probably. And what the league said was that keeping players out of games for COVID protocol was never meant to be a punitive thing. It, it wasn't meant to be punishment. It's it's meant, it's meant for the safety of the player mm. and, and the people right. around him. And they said the fact that LeBron was, was, uh, was vaccinated and I think wearing a mask throughout the event... I think they said that they didn't think he presented any any danger or threat of of contracting or or, or spreading COVID. So they 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 decided not to hold him out, which makes sense, man. It's a cash cow. Mm-hmm. It's a ca- and every league would have done it. Hey Amen. I'm don't, not defending I'm, him. I know I'm you not don't defending him. You don't like conspiracy theories and all this other stuff. We'll see how this rest of the series done it plays for out. Almost any superstar. We'll see the foul calls and everything else that happens in the rest of the Sun series. We'll see. They would have done that for almost any superstar. Do you disagree? They would have done that for almost any superstar. I think there's like a limited amount. Durant, Giannis, LeBron. I don't a few know other guys. Else. A few yeah. other guys. I mean, a few other guys. They don't really like Kyrie, so I don't think they would have done it for Kyrie. No, probably not Kyrie. They wouldn't get down for Harden. I don't think they would have done it for Harden either. Maybe Harden. I don't He's know. The there's not many. But a few. There are a few other superstars that they would do that for. So this isn't a the league is trying to help LeBron thing. They, listen, they do not want Milwaukee, Utah in the NBA Finals. I'm telling you that right now. They do be. not. They want Brooklyn and the Lakers. They want star power. If they get Milwaukee, Utah, who's watching? Salt Lake City and Milwaukee. Oh, boy. TV execs will be fired up about that one. Dude, when you said Milwaukee, Utah, I had a hard time getting excited. See? <laughs> really excited about the Milwaukee part, but Utah? Nah, ah, hey, come on, play, man. Play, but again, star give power. The, give me Rudy, the Clippers. Give me, Rudy, you know Rudy Gobert, I mean? Donovan Mitchell. Nah, man, I need, yes. I need some star power. Quinn Snyder, I, I great love, coach. I, I do love Donovan Mitchell, but I need some star power in the NBA Finals, man. I'm sorry. Now, yeah, he but, is yeah, a but star. To me, but to me, Giannis is a, is a star. Donovan Mitchell is a rising star. He'll get there. To me, Giannis is a star star. That's a superstar. Get, Paul George is a has-been star, and Kawhi Leonard is a true superstar. I love watching Devin Booker play. I wouldn't be mad if they made the Finals. But No, I want Milwaukee, Utah. Yeah. And tell want, me about it. I want Milwaukee. You think you're getting sick. You imagine how bad, how sick Silver is going to be if that happens. I don't want Utah, man. Yeah, Milwaukee, Utah. I'm sorry. I don't want Utah. Let's go. Bucks Jazz. I'm good on Utah. So also on the show today, after some Bucks reaction, Bruce Gradkowski, former NFL QB, analyst for Pro Football Focus. He's going to join me at 3.30. We'll speculate on what Aaron Rodgers might say to Kenny Main tonight. Did you guys get into that at all? Did you guys speculate? Oh, yeah. What do you think That's he's going to say? That's the worst case scenario was our question. What do you think question? he's going to say? Not a damn thing. Okay. At, th- at 4 o'clock... I thought about the Adamas trade over the weekend, Sparky, and it makes it actually kind of makes sense to me now. I've thought about it. I thought back to a conversation I had with General you Manager. You were all screwed up. I, I was know. listening to you. I know. You didn't know what was going I on. I know. I needed time to process the it. The best part about that trade was the pitcher. You didn't even talk about the pitcher. Trevor Richard, he's yeah. the best. He may be the best part of the whole trade. We'll see. That, and that, you know what? That's part of that's part of my thought process. And you're, you're, I don't want to give it all away, but you're going right along where I'm going. Tim Allen, host of the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Baseball post game show, he'll hear he'll be here for his weekly half hour hit at four thirty, and then half I'll, hour. Yes, dude. Every you're Monday, still doing mock draft yeah, mockery every we're Monday. Doing draft mockery every Monday. What is the it? People demand it. What is it? I don't know. Tim decides it every week. I don't know. Sam, can you text? Shouldn't text he Tim? tell you what it is prior to doing the segment? I, I would like. Uh, yeah, man. Tim's a hard guy to get a hold of. You know that. I oh. want. I wanted him oh, yeah. on the show on Friday to talk about this Willie Adamas thing. He was off playing Rockstar at band practice. Yeah, I, I called him three, four times. Not, didn't answer, didn't call me back, nothing. First person I call. Anytime something Brewers-related happens, I call Tim. Back in the day, Tim would answer and we that's, would talk. That's what I did, yeah. Now? He's changed, Not man. as much. He's changed. Not as much. He's a franchise. He's too big for us. It's not as much. Not as much. All right, very good. So that's coming up next. Rami Makhlouf, The Rami Show. Do not go anywhere. Bucks Lust coming up next, baby. Lots of Bucks Lust on the show this afternoon. So much Bucks Lust. You know, it's funny. I was listening to you do uh, your little uh, thing on the score in Chicago. Oh, yeah? What'd you think? Yeah, and I was hearing y'all talk about how Mitch wouldn't get rid of Rami for this. Mitch wouldn't get rid of you for that. And then talking about Tim Allen's going to fill in on the score. And Tim Allen's going (laughs) to fill in on every show here. That Bucks Lust stuff. If our boss hears you play that crap, that'll be the end of it. 
It will be the Tim Allen show in the afternoon. That is the jam, man. And you will be hearing it again this afternoon. Make it your ringtone because that's the only time you're going to hear it. That's the jammy jam. Horrible. Let's go. Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.